It's November 11th. Welcome back to the Squashcast. I'm your host, Rob Beaumont, joined once again by Jesse Engelbrecht. How's it? Um, yeah, so no, looking forward to dissecting the World Championships that just took place recently. Fantastic tournament. A lot of, lot of feedback on Twitter, a lot of people talking about it. It's great to see it live on BT Sport. So yeah, we're going we're gonna to kind of start and see where we go from here. Absolutely, yeah, and we're going to start with uh, the first three rounds more or less go together because, as you said before we started recording, this was more or less a, a standard tournament for the first three rounds. We didn't see any massive upsets, but round one we saw Cameron Pilly go out to Cream Alley, Fatty 3-1, and uh, that's that's a bit of a shame for, for Cam, but what did you think? Yeah, no, because he had that, that big breakthrough towards the end of last season. He's had a real few tough first-round draws, I think, what's it? two or three times against Shabagi, Mohamed Shabagi in the first round and, and we'll talk about Qatar towards the end but he's also got Mohamed Shabagi in Qatar so no no rest for Pili I'm afraid he looked distraught afterwards there was a, a picture I think he posted on, on social media like just slumped down staring at his shoelaces just completely physically and mentally drained so no uh, Pili's one of the crowd favourites you know the style he plays at so I didn't get a chance to see it unfortunately but um, I read some of the reports and he just looked miles off so so hopefully he can bounce back and, and yeah, kind of take a, a scalp of Shabagi in the next one. Yeah, and the first I knew of the result was that picture as well on his own social media. And uh, yeah, it came as a surprise to me, but he can hopefully bounce back for Qatar. As you said, he's got Shabagi uh, coming up in that one. Um, big shout out in the first round to Nathan Lake, who took the first two games from Kareem Abdel Gawad. That's a fantastic performance for, for somebody who's well outside the top 20, I would have thought. Totally. I'm lucky enough that Nathan Lake plays for our uh, Surrey Cup team here at Surrey Sports Park. So I get a chance to speak to him and I saw him a few days afterwards and he was absolutely buzzing, but also really disappointed, you know, getting the first two games off <laughs> the world champion. And I think there was quite a quite a fun few things on, on his Twitter line saying Nathan Lake, the best of three world champion after quite soon after Garwad had won it because, yeah, he won the first two games. And interesting, like Nathan was um, struggling a little bit. He, he was saying with his game, he just, just was trying to find his feet a bit and compared to how he started last season, he just didn't feel he started this season that well. But, you know, that should put him in, in real good stead, like real good confidence boost for him moving forward for the next few tournaments. So we wish him luck here from Surrey Sports Park and keep flying our flag high as well. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully a massive uh, confidence boost there for him. So quickly on to the second round, we saw Nafizwan Adnan defeating Omar Mossad 3-2. And he actually got it on a stroke on the final point, which I thought was a bit of a shame, way, shame uh, to see Omar go, go out that way. Yeah, I know. Um, I think I definitely tipped Omar for some big things the season ahead. And yeah, he just hasn't quite kind of got up to gear and hasn't, hasn't, hasn't got up and running yet. So Adnan's been knocking at that door for a while and, and I'm not... I'm not too surprised, if I'm honest. Like Adnan is, he's such an, a true professional. Does all the right things well. He's he really pushed. I think it was Steve Coppinger in the last tournament. Like just lost out three two to him. So yeah, a little bit of a breakthrough for Adnan, and and it'll be interesting to see if that's a little bit of a platform for him going on to the the next uh, next tournament. Also, just on round two, looking looking at it here, Daryl Selby, you know, defeated Matthew Castanier, quite a convincing three love. Daryl looked on fire in that match. He, he just looked his usual relaxed self, you know, really languid around the court, you know, taking the shots in and expressing himself to his his best ability, what, what he's really good at. He had that walkover in the first round against Tom Richards, unfortunately pulling out, but real solid win for Daryl there to be basically nice and fresh going into the, the next round against Remy. 
Yeah, great win for, for Daryl there. Unfortunately, he did come up short against Rami in the next round with a 3-1 loss. Yeah, just on that, I was, again, lucky enough that Nathan Lake actually played Daryl Selby in a, a Surrey Cup match uh, the day after that. And Daryl was here and I chatted to him about it. And Daryl said that, that he felt if he had come across anyone, not anyone, but a lot of other people in that round, he probably would have beaten them. He felt that was probably one of his best performances he's played. You know, lost a very tight 3-1, 11-8 in the fourth. And he just, I did, I watched the highlights of it and Daryl did look really good. He was matching Rami point for point, stretching him out. And yeah, so so he sounds like he's got a bit of confidence about him going forward. I think he's really going to hit Qatar with uh, with some momentum going forward. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that for, for Daryl, especially from an English point of view. Also on the third round, we had, um, well, moving on to the third round especially, there weren't too many massive upsets, but we did see Ali Farag defeat Miguel Rodriguez, and it was good to see Rodriguez get this far in the tournament considering his performance so far this season. Um, not too much of a surprise considering how well Ali Farag has got off the marks this season. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, on paper, still an upset. You know, um, Rodriguez seated above Farag, but, you know, I'd probably say that that yeah, that's not a massive surprise. And with Rodriguez's start to the tournaments lately, it's been a little bit tough. So we'll see if he can kind of bounce back from that. But hopefully that's him starting to get a bit of momentum. You know, got through the first round uh, against Mahesh and also then got through the second round against Mohamed Raider. So hopefully, you know, everyone does really like watching... Uh, Miguel play and hopefully that's just a little bit of a boost for him to then take it forward also look at the third round uh, Tarek Momin beat Muhammad, uh, Marwan Al-Shabagi which again Tarek kind of feels a little bit like one of the forgotten players uh, with all the, the young Egyptians coming through and, and, and them all making inroads and Tarek's a bit more yeah, of, of the later generation so it was good to see him kind of take that You know, it was a big five setter 78 minutes 11-3 in the fifth and, you know, then Tarek was drawn against Greg Gultier in the next round. But, you know, that, that could be quite an interesting little boost again for Tarek. See if he can kind of stake his claim again. Because, like I said, I think he's he, he doesn't often come, come to mind when you think of the Egyptian players anymore. Not like he did, say, five or six years ago. Yeah, I've always seen Tarek as sort of the bridge between the Shabana era and, and the modern day. Because he, he sort of came up, as you said, five or six years ago and was, you know, a, a huge threat to most players with his, his stamina and his pace so good to see him coming back potentially another just like Daryl that could uh, threaten coming forward in the next few tournaments mm -hmm. so if we move now on to where the tournament really kicked off which was the quarterfinals and um, you had uh, quite a few things to say about the quarterfinal match between Mohamed El Shabagi and Ali Farag when I spoke to you the day after because I missed it unfortunately but you you read up on it afterwards as well well yeah I think if anyone watched what was happening in um, Al Aram there was quite a bit of controversy between the two players where basically I think Al Shabagi was calling Farag a cheat and kind of telling him that he's a thief and 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 it was very controversial um Ali Farag crowd favorite uh, very popular player he won the uh the fair play award last year or something along those lines so really interesting like someone like Shabagi was really threatened against him about what happened and yeah it, it kind of not boiled over in this tournament you know Mohammed won he he beat him and but he was just so focused he was he just had that that look in his eye where he just wasn't going to wasn't going to lose this match pretty much he was on it you know beat him 3 love in 45 minutes and 
even within the match there was there was it was needle they were following each other around the court speaking in arabic uh, like chantering at each other and yeah again I, I'm, I'm not sure I've, I've heard a few rumors that that farag has maybe lost that little bit of innocentness that he had when he came in like like spent all his time in harvard and came into the to the first year and it almost seems like he's got a bit more streetwise in inverted commas and it might be boiling over a little bit you know picking up a few controversial doubles and and that's where i think muhammad al-shabagi was was getting really upset with him and yeah basically accusing him to his face of of being a cheat and being a thief so we'll see how that one plays out in future and see if ali farag is is gonna kind of i don't know be everyone's favorite player again at the end of the season doesn't look like so far but he is, is that in between where he probably has to still stand up for himself and still kind of you know stake his claim as as a, a young player but transferring into like the, the senior ranks and it almost seems like if he doesn't he's going to lose some points in some big matches that's just my impression of of maybe why he's pushing the boundaries of those rules a little bit yeah and i'd also be interested to hear what you think about whether you know, all this criticism towards him is actually warranted. Do you do you see any of this yourself uh, as he's playing? He he took up he took those couple of doubles in Al Haram, but came out quite quickly afterwards on social media and did basically apologize, held his hands up and said, "Listen, I just I just played through it." Whether that's something you know hindsight and trying to kind of soften the blow, you just don't know. May, was he doing that just just to kind of get everyone back on his side? I'm 50-50. I, I, I have seen things that, that he wouldn't have done last season. So I'm seeing a little bit of that creep in. And again, whether it's him being a bit more streetwise, can you call it that in, in those terms? Maybe that's what he needs to do to, to break into the top four, top five. Is it is it really down to the player to call a, a double or is it more for the ref to decide? It's such a... I would like to think hard in the heat of battle i i think i would have let the ref decide most of the time give the ref a bit of benefit of the doubt they are a long way from the front of the court you know where they sit now is a good few rows back quite high up and if there's an exchange in the front corners they're not going to see much so whether it's the player being honest and, and putting his hand up and calling a double that that's going to be a really tricky territory you know i think there's been some some talk about video reviews for doubles don't think it's going to happen um i've heard a few reasons why it's not and it's just it's just interesting to see that that might come into play so no i would like to see the players do it i don't think it's going to happen yeah i kind of agree with you there i mean i never played at any sort of level um that these guys are having to compete at but I'd like to think that if I was playing a more friendly game I'd, I'd call it but I really do think it is it is up to the referee but it is the player it's sort of their attitude to to how they want to win do they want to win the right way or do they want to win at all costs, yeah. you know at all costs as you say um so Elsewhere in the quarterfinals, we had Ramir Shaw versus Fariz Dasuki, and this was this was the game where we had Sumner Malik, who had his family had been brought out by the PSA to see the the tournament. If you're not aware of Sumner Malik, he's been uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor, DPIG. As uh, I'm not a doctor, unfortunately, I couldn't uh, explain all of that, but. His family were taken out by the PSA for the World Champs and he had the opportunity to sit between PJ and Joey for the commentary and he did a great job um, with uh, something he's clearly not very uh, comfortable with but 
or um, used to, but because he's got his squash knowledge, he's the squash family, he knows what's going on and uh, he did a great job. Yeah, totally. It was so nice to see uh, like like the family holiday they had and, and how well the PSA looked after them and all the players giving some of their rackets and signed shirts and a great PSA salming top. And it was just it was really sweet to see because again he's he's such a sweet kid and he's and those that heard the commentary hopefully they came across of of how just a genuine nice kid he is and 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 being diagnosed with this 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 most awful terminal disease so you know really nice to see it happen and yeah i was commentating on a, a real interesting match you know rami versus dazuki dazuki did really well in the tournament you know 15th seed getting through to the uh to the quarterfinals so kind of upsetting along the way but really controversial ending as as some of you might have seen you know there was there was tears were there tears almost dazuki was about to burst out crying by the last decision that ugly went against him like he was looking for a stroke but it it basically turned into a let for dazuki the ball came over rami's shoulder on the backhand side and yeah i think i've seen i've seen it go either way i've seen lets and i've seen strokes given but with the whole context of what have happened previously in the match, it almost seemed like Dazuki was being a bit of a victim and he was making out that he was being a victim. Yes, there were some harsh decisions and the rub of the green wasn't going his way. I've seen a lot worse and I've seen people respond a lot better than he has. And yeah, not, not a fan of him not finishing, you know, just walking off, shaking hands at two love, 10-8 down. Rami's one point away from winning. And yeah, it was just like, I'm taking my ball and going home now. I've, I've had enough of this. So even if he had stood there let Rami serve and he didn't return it I don't know I would have probably liked to see that more you know let Rami win it I can understand the heat of the moment the rush of blood to the head that that he kind of did it I say I understand I, I would have never done it and I haven't seen many other people do it and Sumner was commenting and it was really interesting how he was commenting on that and yeah just like Rami was like half shocked and then celebrated quite a bit as, as it happened so there was a lot of a lot of backlash on social media for Ferris. Uh, he came out with a statement, uh, quite a quite a long written statement about why he did it and what it was and apologizing. So again, that was nice that that happened. Again, maybe too little, too late. I, I don't quite know if he was then just protecting himself a little bit. Maybe he should have just stood on there and done it. Uh, look, these are all my own opinions. So <laughs> other people will agree, other people will disagree. But yeah, not not a fan of how that ended. But it was it was entertaining to say the least. Yeah, it certainly was entertaining, and that sort of protest walk doesn't really uh, endear you to the fans, I don't think. And he's going to have to, you know, change people's opinions of him. And uh, as you said, I would have liked to seen him finish the game because myself, I've been in a situation where I've I've been incredibly upset with the way things have gone, and you don't just walk off. That's that's not how the sport is played. So if you don't if you don't like something, especially with one point, I mean, what's what's really the point? So you know. We really want to see these players. We certainly don't want to see them arguing with the refs. That's not good for the game after. I've seen certainly a lot worse. And, you know, the reaction the other way is, is certainly uh, more striking, but far more common as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a shame. But um, if we quickly look elsewhere in the quarterfinals, we had um, Goward taking out Nick Matthew. And um, as we could tell from the commentary and really from the colour of Nick's face, he uh, was suffering from a bit of food poisoning and you know he's from Sheffield he doesn't get a lot of sun but he was incredibly pale during that game yeah such a shame you know Nick getting towards the the autumn of his career uh, you know arguably could be the last world open and he gave it everything you know he could uh, 
looked like he could hardly hold his own body weight up at some point and he just went so hard like fought and fought and fought and you know like you just watched him kind of slowly getting ground down bit by bit by bit and you know credit for him for actually stepping on court because I know at one point he wasn't going to but you know the first was 11-9 and the third was 11-9 and if he had nicked that you just never know maybe uh, Gawad might have got a little bit edgy but yeah it just you, you probably look Gawad is the, the current world champion you know Nick probably had to be on his A game and plus some to be able to get a win in that kind of situation so gutted for Nick in, in that situation so hopefully he'll, he'll bounce back pretty quick you know something like a stomach bug or, or food poisoning you know you're not going to be out for a sustained period you know nothing like a like a tear of the hamstring or anything like that uh, looking at a few other results in the quarterfinals you know Rami beat uh, well we just talked about that <laughs> um, we also thought we saw Gultier beat Tarek Moment 3-1 uh, yeah and, and I believe that's where because Gultier didn't even then step on court for the semi-final and I believe he did his ankle against Tarek in that match he said uh, but he had such adrenaline was pumping through his veins he must have done it quite late on I didn't see where it went and it didn't really look like it affected him but um, I read somewhere that when he got back to the hotel he started to really panic he couldn't put any weight on it the physios were with him for hours and he was sleepless night woke up really early to try do something and just there was no chance he was going to step on court so when the news started to filter through it was it was really gutted so good that he won won that one but you know as the current world champion in the number two seed uh, man he was he was all guns blazing I'm sure I'm sure he would have given anything to step on court and 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 give it a go against Rami so you know our, our thoughts go out to kind of Greg you know so and and as we know he's pulled out of Qatar as well that's coming up while starting imminently so yeah let's uh let's hopefully he will be bouncing back pretty soon yeah and if we sort of look at the scores he won the first two 11-5 11-5 and from that performance alone I uh I sort of had him as my favorite to to win the tournament um anyone who follows us on social media will know that i asked jesse last week that you know he who he thought was going to win he said shabaggy and i said gaultier and you know and then literally five minutes later we get the news that uh, greg's pulled out and you know there goes my prediction uh, out the window um because in the in the first two games he looked so solid he looked you know perfect greg gaultier um as as we know he can and he sort of dropped off in the third. It was a very close 16-14 to Tarek. Um, so that's a long game. I think the injury might have come in the fourth with... There's a... I think it's up on, on YouTube on the PSA Squash TV site where it's one of their mega rallies and um, it's easily 30-40 shots. And I think it was that. Tarek wins the rally and Greg doesn't look too fresh afterwards. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and that's that's how the the quarterfinals ended unfortunately um and you know uh it went on into the semi-finals where greg couldn't play um and then we had one of the best matches of the tournament of uh mohammed el shabagi versus gawad and you text me straight after this game saying you know how much of an amazing match it was and i was fortunate enough to watch the the final two games as well yeah 90 90 minute slog fest um such a almost like an advert for the modern game you know Muhammad al-shabagi his raw brutal power you know the, his movement the way he hits the ball and then garwad almost matching him with power but then has that little bit more subtlety in his game could kind of soften it up at the right moment and 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 just those imperious hands you know so the scores were brutal you look at it, it as like 13 11 10 12 11 13 and then the last two games really interesting garwad just ran away with it 11 2 11 5 you know so for someone like Shabagi, who's known to kind of 
out-muscle most opponents and just bully them and bully them and really get them off. Galway just kind of let it roll over him like like a water off a duck's back. It was it was brilliant. And by the end, Galway was just picking him off. You know, Muhammad pretty much threw the fourth game. You know, he put in such a big shift in the third. And then, yeah, just uh, Muhammad made a shift of it uh, or made a fist of it in the fifth. But... Garwood was just on. He could sense blood. His tail was up, and he was he was he was doing what he does best. Some some outrageous shots. And again, watching that, and 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 actually, pretty. I, I ran a squad session the next morning. I I'd actually changed completely what I was going to be doing. You know, these guys are just going for so much. The amount of calculated risks these guys are going, and they are throwing the ball into the front, like on a on a on a half chance and then following it up and it's it's really to see that again inverted commas the modern game how how that's changing you know there's there's very little cat and mouse to the back of the court anymore you know it's kind of like let's beat you in the front and 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 they were both matching each other so yeah again that that for me was a real eye-opener to really watch that match and 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 see the shift in momentum and just just again how coaching methods might need to change even how we coach movement patterns it 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 is it is essentially random the game is so random and i've said it now for a few times it's so open and random and it's exciting it's 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 maybe not one for the purists if i'm honest like there's some people talk about like oh yeah it's 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 the game has had to be compromised for the tv and and the modern kind of public who want all action and all that stuff yeah i get that and and but bloody hell it's entertaining i i do like it and and the results it tends to throw up again our predictions from at the start of the season and and uh, even during this tournament getting thrown out the window and i would have said like shabaggy winning that third game 13 11 i would have said yeah and like no way he's like he's got it now you know he's he's gonna win this match there's he's bullied him he's physically all over him and garwood with the body shape he has you wouldn't have kind of backed him up to do it but I think Garwood backs it up with with some subtle hands. He's got that softness, that delicacy around the front that Shabagi might be missing. So, you know, all credit to Garwood pulling that out. And arguably that that was worth two semifinals because we only could watch one. But just the quality that was on show and the way it swung left and right and and, and just really good sportsmanship from both players. You know, Muhammad really looking Garwood in the eye afterwards and, and giving him a hug basically and, and congratulating him was really nice. And I didn't actually know, but but Garwad's the same age as Muhammad. I I thought he was a little bit younger, and you know, yeah, again, he's as everyone knows how he's really burst onto the scene this season. It's been phenomenal. Like he's almost been the man in the shadows, and now he's kind of like going, he's he's the world champion. It's 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 absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and if you remember our movers and shakers episode from earlier in the year, we we didn't really think he'd he'd be winning this early on. Um, we you know we think we both said he had big things coming forward um, but nothing nothing quite like this um, looking at that that fourth game at 11-2 I think Shabagi was about 9-2 down and you could sort of see that he'd given that game away as if playing sort of a rope-a-dope like Muhammad Ali uh, trying to um, get a bit of energy back I mean as you said he, he both of the, uh, all three of the first games have gone within two points of each other so I think he expected to come back stronger in that fourth and didn't really think that Gowad would take it as easily as he did. And then the fifth just rolled on as well, 11-5. So, yeah, we move on to the final. And it was, for three games at least, it was a a great match of squash. Um, Unfortunately, ending at 2-1 in the fourth with, once again, Ramir Shaw retiring. 
Yeah, no, completely gutted for Rami, you know, to 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 get to that final and and then have to stop. Um, people who watched it probably saw when it went. He he is his foot shot up into the air. He stood bolt upright for the next three shots. Couldn't couldn't even get anything on it. And I don't know. Part of me thinks what him not having the semi-final might have contributed i don't know like it's if he had had a semi and and won the semi with a relatively tough match would he have been that much more ready for the final you know with someone like garwood having a right kind of slog fest battle 90 minute match going into that everyone's like oh cool rami's been on the, the physio bed all of yesterday and kind of getting massaged and super ready for it and but then again garwood just he's got this like inner squash fitness that that just doesn't look like on the outside again his body shape and 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 again inverted commas not looking like a squash player would he's he's bloody fit he's got something there he's he's also just got that tactical knowledge his anticipation is that good that that you know sometimes he makes those real good calculated guesses and gets them right a lot he's really quick into the front guard as well so you know but again I, I was really thinking right this is rami's now you know like a whole day rest and that but uh, i'm not sure if there was maybe something that we didn't know that was playing on rami's mind that there would have been something underlying and again it was it was a random game it swung both ways and 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 like players would get like a four or five point run and then it would kind of swing the other way completely so entertaining but but quite strange as well it wasn't again it wasn't a pure game but really entertaining and and I don't know, there was something about it that Rami just couldn't get a foothold. Rami just didn't have an answer for what Garwood was doing. You know, Rami's strength is when he gets in front and dominating. Garwood was, again, calculatedly guessing every single time right. And Rami just looked like he didn't know what shot to play. When he got in front, he was second-guessing himself. Maybe that then had a contributing factor to the injury. Maybe Rami was kind of like trying to force it a bit. But yeah, again, I think I probably want to give more credit to Garwood for... Yeah, winning the match, even though it finished on a retirement, I think he would have probably seen that fourth game out, even if Rami was still pretty mobile. Yeah, I do agree. I do think that fourth game was going to go to Gawad, purely because, as you and I said after the match, that Rami seemed on top in most rallies. He seemed to have the position and put the shots into the right places, and then all of a sudden Gawad would come up with something that it was just a bit more clinical and was able to put that final shot away and, and take the point. And if you do that for two, three games in a row, then you're going to take the match. Um, I think it might have been a slow start with 11-5 in the first, but if, if Rami comes out of the blocks like that, there's not a lot you can do. Um, I think nowadays he's got a fantastic warm-up because he knows he's prone to injuries, so he's going to have to come out of the blocks quickly. Um, but when we see 11-6 and 11-7 in the second and third, it really shows that Goward's got the kind of brain to um, turn things around, not easily, but He's he's able to uh, take the match and and ultimately take the championship. And as you said, I, I'm pretty confident he would have taken that fourth. So that's it for for this week and for the Wadi Degla World Championships 2016. Um, up next, we've got the Qatar Classic uh, starting today, the 11th of November, and finishes on the 18th. So it's quite a long tournament. It's uh, Going to have Mohamed El Shabagi versus Diego Elias is one of the games coming up first. Yeah, so a bit of a correction there. Sorry, uh, it was Mohamed El Shabagi against Cameron Pilly, but with that draw change, it's obviously playing Diego Elias now, whereas we've got Cameron Pilly playing a qualifier. So I bet both players are breathing a bit of a sigh of relief there where they both got drawn against each other to start. I'm um, just going back a step. Um, 
for Gawad, you know, massive congratulations, you know, a brand new world champion there. Uh, quite a quite a dark horse. I think PJ uh, Squash TV commentator to call that. I think he said Gawad was his dark horse for the tournament. So credit to him for kind of seeing that one. And yeah, that 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 very famous probably one of the best looking trophies in the world is is in Garwad's mantelpiece now for a little bit I, I wonder if the guys can keep it uh, hopefully they would be able to yeah I wonder if the PSA say no we need to keep that so um yeah it'd be it'd be interesting to see how Garwad can kind of play with that mantle on him now as the world champion you know he's always come in as a little bit of the dark horse a little bit all oh, right there's there's I, I'm I'm the unseeded player I'm the lower seed here and just coming at it so I don't think it'll affect him. He seems that kind of character that just takes everything on his stride. He doesn't look like it, anything gets on top of him and he doesn't look like he gets too depressed if decisions go his way. He, he seems to be a real level kind of character. So it'll be nice to see how he kind of fares in Qatar and tournaments forward with that that title on his head. So no, looking forward to it. Uh, Qatar starting, as we said, really soon. We're going to be watching it and our next squash cast will probably be dissecting that as much as possible. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for the support. And yes, please keep uh, spreading the word and retweeting and sharing and reposting and whatever these crazy kids do these days. I'm sure there's a Snapchat version someone can do for us as well. So cheers for now, guys. Yeah, says the man who knows more about Twitter than I do. Um, <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we are obviously found on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, but we also have an Instagram account now, just for a bit more fun than uh, than anything serious. But if you want to find us, we're just the Squashcast um, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you very much, Jess, and we will see you next time. <laughs>